up, you filthy animals. <laughs> How's my buddies over at the R2 Sonic Campfire doing today? Never know. Keep them warm. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. You guys should come. You're my good luck charms, man. I always catch fish with you guys. Is, is there room on the bus? Because I look at you guys, and the, the eight or nine of you guys impressed me a lot. You know, because I first Stop ran it. <laughs> okay. You know, no, go on. You guys. Um, I don't do advertising. You're not going to see me on billboards or in newspapers, classifieds, none of that. Well, yeah, there's that because, you know, you guys are awesome. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's comforting to know in case I say something stupid. No, no yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're hearing it. Real that's kind of our thing, so yeah. don't step on our turf. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> oh, man, I hope I, I hope I don't. What we're saying is actually new, so uh, that's why we're fumbling a little bit. But it, it's going to sound amazing. And we are back. This is the Rutten River Pursuits podcast. Podcast. We are sitting around the Sonic Campfire this evening, and I want to remind everybody that this is Reality Outdoor Radio, where our mission is to get you in the outdoors by introducing you to the people, skills, and products that you can trust. You can, you can trust, trust them. them. My name is Pick, and who else is with me? I'm Steve. I'm Catfish. And I'm Will. Hey, I'm Ryan. What's up, fellas? How What's are you? What's going on, boys? It's a cold Thursday. It is a cold Thursday. Some cold weather and maybe some precip is going to be rolling in. So uh, I drove went, through snow squall tonight. Just yeah, saying. Yeah. It was 60 yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's 15 today. <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, guys. Before we get into uh, the five-day forecast. Oh, that's true. Um, Ryan, can you uh, tell you us need about... To, you hear traffic and weather on the hour, <laughs> top of the hour. <laughs> weather on the eights. But right now, I want to hear Ryan tell us about our sponsor on the nines. All right. This month's episodes are brought to you in part by Protection First Class Outdoors. PFC Lubes were designed and developed to protect and lubricate your firearms, your bows, your tree stands... Heck, all your outdoor equipment. What about fishing rods? Absolutely fishing rods, Stevie. You know it. No way. You know it. Guys, I'm telling you, this stuff was originally designed to use an automotive undercoating. Now, don't get more corrosive than that. I heard that. That's true. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, buddy. Does it leave a film or residue? Absolutely not, Brian. No film, no residue. This stuff isn't going to harm the bluing on your firearms, any other kind of finish you got on any of your other outdoor products. This stuff is the ticket. And what now? Wait. I bet it freezes. It does not freeze, Bucky. What? But there's one more thing I got to tell you about. This stuff will also act as a cover scent. You got how many? Me. How many times have you ever taken a well protected and lubricated piece of equipment in the outdoors? It stinks, boys. It yes, stinks. It not this stuff. They got the earth and the pine cover scent mixed right into the lubricant. Wow. They Come on of everything. That's right, guys. Make sure you head on over to pfcoutdoors.com. Check out everything they got going on over there. Pick up some of that lube. It's the ticket. Do you love that PFC? PFC is great. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of getting into some cold weather, uh-huh. we have not been able to get on the ice yet here in this area. Not That's even close. True Not even close. Stevie is chomping. Not at the even bit. close. But what we are going to do is talk to somebody that maybe has been out on the ice or getting ready to get on the ice. We have, right? as our guest host this evening, 
Mr. Gus Glasgow from the Western PA Hardwater Series. Gus. Hey, Gus. Gus, how you doing? Hey. Are you there? I'm doing well. I'm here. How are you guys doing? Doing Good, great. Doing Gus. great. Long time no speak, bud. Oh, I know. You know, it's just if we could figure out how to get these lakes to freeze over in the summertime, we'd be golden. I talk to you all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that'd be a pretty tough trick, though, Gus. I mean, let's be honest. Well, you need less than 32 degrees for water to freeze. I don't know how you do that in the summertime. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> that's the truth. We, we've, we've contemplated going to an indoor approach, maybe like the igloos down in Pittsburgh or something. There you go. Ah. Having an indoor ice fishing series. Um, the way, way this winter has been going so far, we were really starting to think that might be a possibility. You could you could head down into Pittsburgh, although I think Sidney Crosby and the rest of the Penguins <laughs> would be a little upset if you start drilling holes in their eyes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah, the, as a Penguins fan, I don't think I'd go over too well either. Well, I'm not a Penguins fan, but we can still agree to disagree, I guess. <laughs> that worked. That worked. Why don't they do that? I don't know. We should make it a thing, Stevie. Yeah. How's the tournament prep coming along, Gus? Well, we've been monitoring the weather. Obviously, uh, yeah. that's kind of a big, uh, <laughs> a big factor in having having ice fishing tournaments. And you know, we uh, we start I guess monitoring. That's part of it. Yeah, we start we start watching everything, and uh, probably I, I start paying attention to water temperature in October. No, oh, um, yeah. what. Watching the see the trends and see how the water temperature starts coming down. As soon as the water temperature gets low enough, it can cap over pretty quick. And it did this this fall. We did we had a really mild fall with very few high day you know high temperature days. Mm-hmm. And the uh, you know as soon as beginning mid December, lakes were starting to cap over out here. And we were actually on the ice before Christmas oh, wow, uh, for man. a very short period for about two weeks. We had we had three to four inches of ice on some of the lakes out here and some of the northern lakes along the the central pennsylvania border get out uh, yeah yeah there was guys fishing up there for several weeks maybe even a month wow you know you know what always makes me nervous about that like it's just knowing knowing when the ice is safe enough to walk on like i don't know any other way to to know if the ice is safe other than to walk out there and start drilling holes i mean is that i send brian out for send <laughs> send brian <laughs> out like how, well, he you, hasn't you caught a fishing through the ice in twelve years. Yeah, you, de- you definitely don't want to just walk out. Maybe not if you have a friend you have that you're not real yeah. close with, and maybe he stole your <laughs> maybe he stole your tree stand during hunting season. You could push him out there first, but um, but no, I mean there's there's lots of things that you need to do before you even consider going on the ice. I mean, I start I start paying attention to the lakes, driving out every few nights. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I think I think the first thing that everybody does when they check the ice is they find the biggest rock they can find and yeah. throw it out on there. Um, is that a Guilty. great way to test it? Uh, it makes me feel a little bit better. It's you know, a start. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. And if nobody's been out there, you, you definitely got to do something. Right. So, like I, um, I'll just stand at the edge there, and if my, you know, your feet don't go through, then I drill a hole and then walk out a little further. I, I don't know if but, that's. The best thing to do uh, is get yourself a spud bar and, uh, you know, get yourself a friend. Don't ever go out and test the ice by yourself. By all means, you know, I always have my truck running right beside the ramp yeah. with the heat blasting just in case my feet get wet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you try to find the, the, the calmest area along shoreline with maybe the least amount of weeds where uh, the least amount of heat's going to hold. You don't want to go near any springs. You don't want to go near any weed beds. Mm-hmm. You want to get out straight out on the ice, but start poking around with that spud bar, you know, three or four hits with that spud bar. It doesn't go through 
take a couple more steps. Three or four hits doesn't go through. Take a couple more steps. You know, once I'm out, you know, five, six, seven feet offshore, and you know it's more than a foot deep, then I'll get my my auger out and start drilling a few holes. And uh, if you haven't, and, and this could be in the middle of winter. I, I wouldn't say it's early ice, but even in the middle of winter, and if you're on a lake or a pond that nobody else has been on. Every few feet, drill holes, drill holes, drill holes. Mm-hmm. I mean, those lakes, especially lakes that you don't know, you don't know where a spring's going to pop up, yeah, where sure. there's going to be a weak spot because uh, somebody else had a hole there at one point. Uh, maybe water settled from a, a recent rainstorm yeah. and refroze. But if, if you haven't been out there, nobody else is out there. Just drill, drill as you go, or spud, use your spud bar as you go, checking along the way. Catfish at Lake Mead. Where's the spots of the lake that? normally freeze first by the dam and then the very first place is back like mud run where there's no current mud run comes in obviously what feeds like where the current you come around that that first turn to the left there where the big house is yes yeah that's freezes first okay and then uh we have a natural spring in the middle of the lake that comes straight up oh okay and so there is a section out there you'll see we can have ice for two three four weeks and you'll see geese out there, and everybody's like, oh, the geese are sitting there keeping it open. It is true. Like, they do that. But it's technically the spring in the middle of the lake that's constant upwards motion of okay. water keeping it primarily open. So I didn't know that. There's a few spots that are that would be weaker than others. Yeah. So that's not necessarily a, a sign that you can't go out. If you see open water out in a lake, there may be, what, three, four, six inches on some portions of the lake and then not as much ice on the other. The th- so The thickest I've ever seen our lake is 10 inches thick. That's wow. just, that was eight, nine years ago. Okay. And it didn't have open water, but it right. did. You couldn't walk on that section. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We've been yeah. out ice fishing and seeing open water 100 yards from us. Right. Yeah. So, so, Gus, is that is that what you see as well? I mean, if you see open water, do you kind of get, you know, suspicious or are you pretty confident as you're walking out there drilling holes? You know, he, he hit the nail on the head. That's something that I've seen on lakes that aren't, that don't even have springs that, uh, the, the geese population so large or duck population, they'll keep an area open, right. you know, for an extremely long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, but you know, what gets scary about that is you're right. It could be six inches, 10 inches, 24 inches thick of ice all around that area. However thick it is, mm-hmm. that area has no ice on it, but say, Say you get a night where it caps off, the night goes down into the, into the single digits or negatives. You get a you get a thin piece of uh, ice going across that. Maybe it snows a little bit, yeah, blends yeah. in with the rest of the lake. Now all of a sudden, you've got you've got you're out on a piece of water that maybe you've been on or somebody you know you know other people are on, but you don't you don't know what that that section's like or you don't know that section. Right. So always always spudding ahead of where you're walking or drilling ahead of where you're walking where there's no other footprints or tracks. It, it's really the only way to go. You can get um, yourself in trouble real quick. Think real about quick, it. real quick. It, that could have one inch of ice on it. He's right. I've seen right. it. And then snow over it. And yeah, you could yeah, be I walking across drilling holes and be like, oh, it's six inches, seven inches thick, eight inches thick, and be like, I'm good. And then just walk to the other bank. Boom. And you walked right into a, wow. a trap, actually. Yeah. yeah. And I, it, we, it really... It really is a it's it's a it's a pretty crazy sport. I mean, it's a it's dangerous, and we we try to take all the danger out of it. I mean, for the tournaments that we hold through WPA Hardwater, we don't allow anybody on the ice before we have checked the entire area and created boundaries. So we'll go out and monitor those spots mm-hmm. that we know of and put uh, 
a bucket with rope on it, a bucket out telling people, hey, <clears throat> stay from this point to this point, don't go over here. So that, there's a lot of variables that go into it. So before our tournaments, we, we walk every every foot of that ice that we're going to let people on. Well, that, so we that, know what happens before they go out yeah, there. That, that's great to hear, and, and kudos to you guys for taking uh, you know that extra step of safety as an organization to make sure that everybody that go, goes out on the water is safe. So that's great. Um, one of the other one of the other things that guys really need to consider, and and it's another thing that we wrote into our rules after our first year of a series. This is our fifth year of a series, and uh, we all, all contestants must either have a life jacket or a float suit on at all times. And most popular, the striker mm-hmm. ice suits that uh, that you see myself wearing, and most of our our all of our staff wears, and uh, probably three quarters of our contestants are wearing the striker ice suits or some variable of another brand of a of a float suit. Those are so, pretty nice but, but, suits. I just got my first striker suit, and I've been wearing them as pajamas at night. They are pretty amazing. Oh, it's just I've never I've never worn anything that's we've been I've been doing some fishing on the Potomac River here in January in the kayaks, which is cold. And sure, I'm I mean literally just a pair of sweatpants and that striker bibs. I'm sweating. It's it's that nice. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, in all honesty, the uh, I have the uh, the climate, I believe, the climate suit, and it comes with an inner liner jacket, inner liner bib, uh, inner liner pants in the, inside the bibs. And uh, I, I fished out into into the negatives, and I actually take my inner liners out because that's even still hot. Yeah. So they they are they are incredibly warm. Uh, I don't, we don't. A lot of the guys that are using them stop using shanties during competition because their suits keep them so warm. What's the rules and regulations? Check your regs. What's the regulations on wearing a striker suit for flintlock season? I'm just because you could sit all day. I think I may hunt in it next year. There's no orange requirement. I actually did hunt in my striker suit this year. There you go. I actually did. You heard it first here. They do have a duck uh, uh, duck version that a lot of people aren't too aware of, but they do have uh, duck camo suits mm. that fit duck fitting that, that fit the, uh, for the duck hunters. Right, right. I see an upgrade in my future. <laughs> nice. <laughs> can we talk, Gus, can I ask you a question? I don't think, we've talked a lot about ice fishing, and we got we touched base here on, on how to check to be safe going out. I don't actually believe that we maybe have ever spoken on Rutten River about what do you do, God forbid, if you would fall through the ice? Like, I mean, I, I have a few versions on how to get out, but could you give our listeners a, a tip on the worst case scenario? You're by yourself, or something were to happen. You, you know, you know that that's one of the things that's almost it's easier to say and run it through your mind, but then you actually have to play the steps over when you, when it happens. Right. Mm-hmm. So the very first thing you got to do is stay calm. You cannot panic. Uh, I mean, if if you, the the striker suits, if you're wearing a striker suit, you're going to float, but you still have to figure out a way to get yourself out. So the number one thing you got to do is just calm down, take a breath. Cause the first thing that when you hit that water, it's going to knock the breath right out of you. It's like punched in the chest. Correct. So you don't want to hyperventilate. You don't want to drown. You don't want to get water in your, in your mouth, obviously at that point. So you just have to take, take a second, calm down, let that suit get you floating a little bit. You know, God forbid you have. Hopefully, you have a suit. If you don't have a suit, still just do the same thing. Calm mm-hmm. down. Try to try to start floating a little bit. You want to get your your 
your legs and your butt up in the air and your hands out in front of you, kind of like uh, like you're taking a, a dive down the hill on a sled riding hill or something, you know, head first. Like you want to get you want to get soup in that Superman position and kick your feet and push yourself up on the ice. There you go. But, you know, you know, that brings up another point. Even even doing that, it's still a struggle to get out. So we have all of our contestants. Another role that we have for all the WPA Hardwater Series tournaments, you have to have and show us a set of ice picks. You have to be wearing yeah. a set of ice picks. Even if they're homemade, so, like two screwdrivers with shoelace? I'm going to check them, and I'm going <laughs> to make sure they work. But, yeah, no. I, we have work. One guy, yeah, it works. If it's two nails hammered into a... Uh, a board and the head cut off, you know, so as long as there's spikes on a piece of a dowel rod and on a rope around your neck, I'm fine with that. But those, those are what's going to pull you out of that ice. You ever fall in? Say that again. Have you ever fallen in? I haven't because I'm so paranoid and I read the ice so much that I I haven't, I mean, other than putting a boot through it, shore testing the ice, I had not, but I was with, uh, um, I was with a friend that went through a couple of years ago. Dan Drusel. Uh, no, well, Dan has gone through too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. so we've heard. He's, He's notorious a couple for it. times. <laughs> Dan's been. Uh, we're going to do a test with Striker. We're going to do a through the ice actual scenario through the ice here one of these days. Yeah. Uh, as soon as the situation, as soon as we get ice. Um, He's been he's been wanting to jump in with his suit on for quite a while now. <laughs> oh, he, he's an ice walker. You need a video of that. <laughs> he is. He is. But now that he's fully prepared, he probably won't go through anywhere. So yeah. That makes sense. But it's a it's a scary situation, and, and when it happens, it's uh, you know everybody's the first thing is that you panic, and mm-hmm. even even the people that haven't fallen through, if you're near a person, the first you don't want to start running as a flat out sprint to that person in fear that ice is going to give away also. So obviously, if you're trying to rescue somebody that's in the ice, you're going to lay down, spread your weight across the ice, hopefully be able to throw a a rope or a a bucket or anything to that individual so they can stay a little bit more buoyant or get them out. Well, I didn't bring it up to scare anybody, but I mean, it's It's worst case scenario. It can happen. It's good information. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. It's it's for real. It happens every year, unfortunately. Gus, after we we've we'll assume now we've established that the ice is safe where we're fishing, all right. And, sure. And so so we're all good on that front. If except for when you take pictures and then you be all standing in the same <laughs> spot. Well, Everybody yeah. get close together yeah, for don't, this photo. Don't get three big dudes standing <laughs> all in one area. Let's just say we know some people. <laughs> that was no bueno. The um. What, where, where was I going? I lost my train of thought. Oh, okay. Ice is safe. Yeah. You're ready to roll. Yes. Train of thought. So the ice is safe. Can you... So let, let's say you fish this lake often. And sure. and you just fished it last week. And you knew where the fish were. And now this week there's ice on it. There's safe ice. Are the fish in the same place as they were last week? <laughs> I'd like to say yes, but sometimes no. I mean, what... When I'm pre-fishing, we pre-fish for these tournaments, these mm-hmm. our ice fishing tournaments, in a boat. We're trying to find mm-hmm. fish. We're trying to find structure. Mm-hmm. And it's not always the, the situation. Um, obviously, one of the key factors, believe it or not, while ice fishing is oxygen. So if you can find more oxygen in the water, that's more likely where the fish is going to be. So as plant life dies throughout the winter, there's obviously going to be less oxygen in the area, um, less light with the snow and ice cover, uh, doesn't promote a whole lot of growth of the weeds. So Mm -hmm. we're often looking for weed edges, um, different 
contours. Yeah. But, but the fish really do pay attention to a lot of where the oxygen is, where the new plants are growing, old plants are dying. Would you say so, that that's more important than depth? Because, like, you know, a normal, typical state park, Pennsylvania lake, like where we fish, you know, you're probably no deeper in most cases in 20, 25 feet. You know, I guess there, there's exceptions to that. But it does. how much does depth really play if you found is that well, more it, important than oxygen or, or vice versa? That's a tough one to say. I mean, it, a lot of one of the big factors that the fish are doing in the in the early ice, which right now this is kind of we're kind of in the mid, even though we don't have ice yet or we're about to get ice, we're kind of in mid season right now. So really? the fish fish in mid season tend to do something that's different than early ice. Early ice, they're kind of doing what they do in the summertime, late fall. They're hanging out on brush. They're, they're hanging out on edges, creek beds, uh, sides of creek channels, sharp drop-offs around rock piles. Just, you know, typical things that fish like to hang around. Yeah. But as, as the ice progresses towards mid-ice, they tend to, the crappie especially, crappie even perch, they tend to kind of move out to the middle of the deeper water and just suspend. They're just kind of waiting, waiting until spring. They're waiting to get in the mood to spawn. They're waiting to, to move up in the flats. You know, they're just kind of hanging out. So... It, it does. It does change. I mean, especially with panfish. I mean, right away, first ice. I'm I'm usually going straight towards my old my my old favorite holes. You know, brush piles, bridges, yeah. buckman, uh, rock piles, and then as it progresses, I start moving out into maybe creek channels, and then towards uh, flat and just looking for suspended fish. I do that every March. I must have crappie in my blood. I just yeah. kind of suspend all of March, waiting <laughs> for something to happen. Do, do, does their food source move out there too, or is, are they just kind of chilling out there, like you said, waiting for waiting for spring? It's it's kind of crazy. I've watched them on uh, camera several times. I've used Aquaview cameras and watched them underwater, and just watched how they hang out and what they do out there, and that suspended. If you find them in that, when they're suspending in mid-ice, um, they're just kind of, it's almost like they're asleep. They're just kind of neutral, um, yeah. especially with crappy. They're just kind of hanging out. No, they're uh, they're kind of like a, in a bass. You know, if you put a lure past a bass, that bass has been hanging out underneath of a lily pad. You run a spinnerbait, you know, uh, in front of it, it's going to attack it. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty similar with, with the crappy. But often you got to move to try to find those schools and find out where they're suspending. But they'll they'll jump on the bait. I I know one of my favorite places to fish midwinter at at my local lake. Uh, there it's jam packed full of uh, alwies as a bait fish, and those alwies they they move through in these big balls. And when those balls a bait fish go through, it's almost instantly that the big crappie are right behind them or right under them, and that's that that's when we catch our biggest fish when those big balls of bait go through. Really. I almost wish that they would make a like a drone, you know, like a flying drone, like a yeah. drone submarine with a camera, so you can just sit in one place and then just check the whole <laughs> lake out and find where the fish are. That's a really good idea. Yeah, patent well, pending. Well, patent pending. Well, Garmin Garmin came up with a pan optics that uh, it's, it, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at that yet. No. If, you, if you if you get a minute, you've got to take you get on YouTube, Google Garmin pan optics. It's basically taking a fish finder and they've made it live. So you'll add this, this secondary panoptics uh, transducer down into the ice, and you can scan it around you in a 360 pattern and see fish out, you know, up 
don't quote me on this, but up to up to around 100 feet out, wow. and you can see them, you can see them swimming live on your Jeez. screen. Yeah, I need that. It truly is amazing. It's 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 amazing technology. I mean, it's it's a game changer in ice fishing and in in open water fishing. Man, so you fish with the Aquaviews before then, right? I have, yeah. I I I use them to. uh, I don't I don't use them to fish with. I'll use my Garmin Fish Finder to fish with, but I'll I'll use an Aquaview to uh, locate brush pile weed edges Mm -hmm. or. Or to see where the fish are suspending in the water column. You know, if I can see them on my fish finder and I can see a whole bunch of something on my Garmin, I can't necessarily identify what that species is. So I'll, I'll drop down. You know, maybe I'm fishing for crap, either the bigger species. I've got fish all over the place, but I don't know what they are. You know, you'll drop the camera down and see what's going on. That's the tough part about Lake Mead is there's so many shad yeah. That a lot of times you're like, oh, I'm on the megalodon. Oh, yeah. There, there's so many crop, and it's not a chat. Yeah, I remember the it's last time we were out there. It was three, four, five times. You'd think, oh, here they come. And then it's there's schools of shit. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you'd have to spend almost 10 more minutes till you catch another 100. It's terrible <laughs> out there. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get yeah. Gus to come out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to come out there. I, I've not fished that lake. I, I'm starting oh to slowly goodness. work out towards the, the central lakes and slowly starting to learn them and really need to for our tournament series because we'd really like to start fishing out there. We'd like it to, too, but yeah. I'll tell you, you <laughs> probably don't want to this year. It, it would have been a slow start to the tournament yeah. season. We, well, we, you know, we, we kind of, when we created WPA Hardwater, we knew it wasn't going to be an easy feat. I yeah. mean, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvanians are crazy about ice fishing. But the ice is not crazy about the fishermen in Pennsylvania. I heard that. So, so we'll we'll continue to expand as we grow. I mean, we're now by numbers one of if one of if not the largest ice fishing series in the United States. Um, we've we've averaged wow. six, sixty teams per per event last year, and we're looking to grow that again next year. But as we grow, we're going to start going into additional states uh and chasing ice we're we're going for example we're going to new york and ohio this year so you are yeah that's cool i didn't know that just like an ice arena like an ice skate you you need to make like one big lake with a dome over it so you can have year-round ice fishing yeah i'm telling you one of these days i'm going to get kicked out of that uh that uh that igloo down in pittsburgh there (laughs) (laughs) you can see gus they're not I guess we'll win a three hundred million dollar Powerball, and he'll start building a glass dome. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Hey, if we can, if I can fit ice fish year round. I'm all for it. Yeah. So in the in the in the years that the hard water series has been going, how how many events do you average in a season? You know, typically three to four. We shoot to five. We shoot for about five. Our goal is to have five, mm-hmm. uh, five one day. Actually, I should say four one day events and one two day event. For a total of five events, but realistically, with uh, with the way the ice works around here, sometimes we get ice early, mm-hmm. sometimes it stays late, sometimes right. we only get ice late. So realistically, we shoot for our goal is always to have three events, and I'm pretty sure we can we can do that regardless. Okay, yeah. All right, guys, I'm hoping to switch gears a little bit here. Well, can and, I, I need and, to ask one go question? Ahead. Pick. Go ahead. Yeah. Is there ice fishing in Maryland? In there Maryland? Is, yeah, there's ice fishing. Western Maryland. Yeah, uh-huh. Western Maryland. I, yeah. I believe so, um, but right along the Pennsylvania border for sure. Yeah. I, I believe and I believe we had two teams come up last year from Maryland to Did fish you? our tournament series. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. Deep Creek freezes. Yeah, there's yeah. there's a few small bodies of water. Um, just right out outside of Clear Spring, there's a, a Blair's Valley, which is re- state, and it's a, about a five acre lake. And then there's a, a couple other smaller bodies, uh, Little Pool and uh, Big Pool, which is between uh, Fort Frederick Medium State Park. Pool. Me, well, yeah, there is. It's just little and big. Yeah, uh, there's no medium that I know of. Where we went to college was up in the mountains. It got cold there in Cumberland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Western yeah. Maryland. I, I think it yeah, does so get th- cold. And, and those, you know, those I, are, I keep thinking that uh, well, Eastern Maryland. I don't. Stevie see and I that have been trying to run an much. ice fishing tournament on Chesapeake Bay. Yeah, we just haven't been able to get to catch up. It never gets cold it's, enough. The Chesapeake Bay actually froze once in like the 1930s. That's when we started the tournament. Yeah. It was a good year. Remember that? It was that, a Steve? great year. <laughs> oh, wow. That, 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 that tidal water might make it kind of interesting getting on and off the ice. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, it's no problem. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Uh, anyway, go. I'm sorry. I, I was just getting ready to shift gears. Yeah. Well, not really. So let's say I'm, I'm, I'm interested in bringing home a bucket load of crappies tonight. And I go out on the ice, and this is a lake I've never fished before. So you got skunked, did you? No. <laughs> well, Let's just fast forward. I that. would, but uh, in in this scenario, I'm Gus. So you're looking. So what? <laughs> yeah. You're looking for crappies. I'm looking for crappies. I've never been to this lake, but I know there's. I, I read. You on heard. The, you heard the, tell of them. Yeah, I, I heard uh, that this lake has a bunch of them. Right. Where would you start, Gus? I, I, you you got to start studying before you even get out on the ice. So the number one easiest thing and free thing for people to do, this is why I love ice fishing because it's a really inexpensive sport. It doesn't have to be expensive. You get on your cell phone. You mm-hmm. get on your Internet. You go to, you go to uh, Navionics web app. You don't even have to download the app. You can go to their website, and you can look at all the different hey, – this, this isn't even a sponsor of ours. So, hey, if Navionics, you're listening, you want to come on, <laughs> come on over. But, um, but no, you, you, you get on the Navionics web app, uh, and you can look at all the contours and the, the creek channels, the bridges, the roadbeds going through the lake before you even get there. So the first thing you want to do is your, your hours before, your days before, is to study that map and figure out where's the most structure. So mm-hmm. the easiest way to catch fish is obviously going to be around structure. So find your, your roadbeds, your your creek channels. Sometimes they mark brush piles on there. Um, your contours, obviously, you're going to look for different contours depending on what time of year you're fishing. The weed beds, depending on your lake. So if you if you have that ready to go before you even get on the water, that's going to narrow down the entire lake for you to a couple mm-hmm. really good spots before you go out there and start wasting time just drilling holes. Because that's what I do. Waste oh, yeah, time we've all been Just drill it and fish it a while. Yeah. So, so speaking of drilling holes, Gus, you you do that. You find out that you have a you know a good sized piece of structure out there. You drill a hole at one end. You fish for you know fifteen twenty minutes, a half hour. You're not catching anything. How far do you go to the other end of that structure? Do you go five feet, ten feet, and drill another hole? Um, you know what's what's your strategy of uh, where you drill holes around that piece of structure? Well, typically. Another another little piece of advice to do is is to get yourself a good electric drill, and that could be something that you're that you that you use during the summer to put drywall screws in a wall. Right. Get one of the get a get an electric drill. Get yourself a nice lightweight auger, whatever if you're using an Eskimo or 
an ion, whatever whatever kind of bit you want to use, attach it to your drill, get it set up to your drill, so you can go out there and drill a lot of holes. So, um, so like what you're saying, if I if I'm going out on there, I, I got it on the map. I can see on the map. I'm I'm using my phone to pinpoint exactly where this is. You know, maybe a, maybe a bridge is or a a brush pile is. I don't exactly know where it is, but I can kind of line it up a little bit. I usually I'll dr- I'll drill a line of uh, uh, ten holes, and then I'll come back to the middle of it, make a big X, drill ten holes, okay. and then I grab my fish finder and I just start checking each one of those holes before I even drop a jig in the water. All right, I got gotcha. you. The X, Stevie just drills big circles around them like swiss cheese that's not <laughs> I've, big circles i've never seen him employ that tactic but i will say he'll wait for one of us to bit. catch a fish and, and then, then shortly after that a hill a hole will be drilled right next that to doesn't yeah. sound like me or just take hey look over there and just take your hole now uh, gus i got a question for you i'm taking oh. an an informal survey. This is not scientific in any way, shape, or form, but I did ask a, another guest casual. this. <laughs> I asked another guest this recently. Um, when it comes to auger blades, are you a fan of sharp or dull blades? <laughs> well, definitely sharp blades. It happened one time, that, Gus. Stevie? One time. I wondered why Will could not drill a hole with that auger. No, I was I looking could. at Will. I'm like, dude, that's what are you Right. You gotta go. You gotta go clockwise. You gotta go clockwise. I am not an insignificant <laughs> man. No. I can. Because <laughs> we I can turn move an auger. a little weight. I can turn an auger. We I talked just, about this with John Roy last week. I was melting week. the ice. Is <laughs> what I was doing. My my first. Well, it might have been my second or third year ice fishing. I don't remember. I had a habit of kind of like drilling most of the hole out and then just banging away with it. You know, with the rest of it with the auger. You're kind oh, of boy. using it as a pile driver. I yeah. don't know. Maybe dragging it through Ice the parking gasher. lot on the way back to the truck. And uh, that could be it too. And so it, it, it bent the it I it bent the I thought it just Where'd dulled you get the blades. The ice I thought it just dulled that the blades. Dip. So I bought a blade sharpener, sharpened the blades. It still didn't work. The blades were on the wrong angle. No, no. Yeah, yeah. It was all bent up. It was all bent up. <laughs> Ryan said, I told Ryan, hey, don't use that one. The, the blades are dull. And he, don't, don't use the same auger you use to drill holes for your deck when you're putting in deck. <laughs> deck right. yeah. don't, don't, don't buy your auger bits from Home Depot. You know, that's just a good, good piece of advice. Yeah. Well, I don't use now that we, auger anymore. Thank goodness. <laughs> now, we, we've all been there. I mean... We've all started out on hand, hand augers, you know, and and there are some really good hand augers out there. Don't get me wrong; I've right. I, I've, I've got a few of them as backup. But um, yeah, you, you definitely got whatever's have on sale. That, to me, that's a good hand auger. <laughs> sharp or not sharp? <laughs> sharp or not sharp? If it's on sale, that's that's yep. my favorite. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? I lost track oh, here. Oh, we so you make a make big X. X. You make yeah. a big X, and oh, so you mark fish there. So now, yeah, what? I mean, so a lot of times, I mean, even if I, I might not necessarily make an X, if I'm looking for a contour or a creek bed, I'll make a line of holes, you know, a hundred feet long, and trying to find those depth changes. Man. So you can, you know, you're going to come across the creek channel if you if you drill a hundred feet of holes, you're going to come across. Them. That's a lot of holes. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, I mean, make sure. I mean, I'm talking about spacing them out 10, 20 feet too. If you're just initially looking for something, you yeah. ain't getting that electric but, drill off wish. I'm you know, like, you're talking about a good quality electric drill if you're drilling that many holes. Yeah, you could. I mean, I think my electric drill is a Porter cable from from Lowe's. It costs ninety nine dollars, and then I got Jeez. a bunch of a lot of batteries on top of that. Yeah. So that little but, steep uh, for you. Your ship oh, came yeah. in. <laughs> it was coming. His cruise ship came in. Man. When uh, you're drilling, well, what's the, if it I think I paid 45 for one. It lasts one hole. <laughs> <laughs> it, I did snap. I have snapped them in half before. I have snapped electric drills in half. So, yeah, wow. you, you definitely want to get yourself something good. Yeah. Unless you pay. You get what you pay for. I if it guess. doesn't fit in the sheets as bag, Stevie doesn't want to take it. <laughs> For summertime, we should get one of these. You ever see these big wave pad things that that people take out, like the, the yeah yeah oh, the yeah. wave pads. They're yep. big thick pads, and the guys use yeah. them you to lay out on lay them. on them or I'm walk. familiar. Yeah. yeah, we need to get a really big one and drill holes in it so we can walk around on it and ice fish in the summertime. <laughs> in summertime, really hey, late. there you go. You just, you just you just came up with a new tournament series for us. Yeah. The not so hard water tournament. Yes. <laughs> Sponsored by WavePad. The WavePad. Yeah. Spongy water. All right. Soft water tournament. I'm I'm all for it. I don't know if WavePad could like make one to cover half of Erie, but I'm sure that would be a good challenge for him. Like a just a big cove in Erie. Just cover that whole thing. So does. Or just make it like a golf course, like eighteen holes. A hundred miles yeah. by a hundred miles. Uh, Gus, I don't want you to give away all your secrets because I know you're a but. You're, you're a, uh, <laughs> you guys yeah, beat me you, to it. <laughs> There's not a lot of people that will hear this. The, yeah, you fish in the tournament a lot yourself. Oh, yeah. But if you could give us, so you you found fish, you drilled a hundred holes, found the fish, or a or, or hundred feet of holes. What, what do you like to do? What, what's your techniques there? If we could just kind of. Graze the surface of that. You mean like, a like bit. jigging or what's that? Like jigging or, or what? Yeah, live bait. Yeah, what's what, your favorite what's bait? Your, what's your go-to? What's your go-to? How do you? You know, everything's changing in, in a way within the last ten years. Actually, honestly, within like the last six to seven years, things have changed ice fishing drastically, from the rods to the lures mm-hmm. to the to the even the line. I mean, we used to just. You used to you you go to Walmart and find whatever line you had, and, you, you, and that's what you use. Now we actually have specific ice fishing line yeah. that huh. you know it, it doesn't it, it's a it, it holds up to the cold weather. We're using Gamma ice fishing line. It's designed specifically for ice fishing, huh. and we're we're dropping down to two pound test. is pretty common now, yeah. and there's guys even running one pound test, wow. and it's holding up fine in these cold weather. Um, but you know, rods have changed. There was a very few, even going back five years ago, there was very limited options for ice fishing rods. And now we've got custom rod makers coming out of the woodwork and designing some amazing rods for really re- reasonable prices. Um, and then, and then on, on top of that, the lures have changed. We don't, lead is kind of a thing of the past. We're all using tungsten. Yeah. So oh, wow. with, tung- with tungsten, we can, we've changed the profile of our jigs to these tiny little jigs that they can drop like a, I mean, drop, no pun intended, but drop as fast as a rock, a rock. you know, they, they, they scoot right down to the bottom as fast as could be with these little tiny tunks of jigs. So that, that's been a huge game changer. And then in addition to that, uh, 
people are really starting to get away from live bait um, and go on to plastics. The plastics have, have gone through the roof. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a company called Contraband or not, but their plastics are, are insane. They, they, they make everything that you can even can dream of. Some, some plastics that look like teardrops, that look yeah. like bugs, whatever you want, they can make. So there's some really good plastic companies coming out of the woodwork now too. But it's kind of it's kind of changing. I mean, it used to be using maggots and minnows, and not not that maggots and minnows don't work, or not that you won't see me with maggots and minnows in in the future. They there's, they still have a time and a place. But tungstens and plastics have really changed the game. What are the chances of you saying we should use tungsten and and us not be catching fish while you're catching fish on maggots and minnows? <laughs> I'm not saying it could happen. I do know what you're saying, though. It, it I get uh, schooled almost every time I go out because Catfish has uh, something brand new from Z-Man or, or whatever that you know that he and Logan have scoped out for for you know. Anyway, I, I'm just be I'm always behind at times, and I'm always playing catch up with these guys. So I understand. What you're saying, they are just well. Then you have guys like he's throwing them headache. What's them headbangers? Yeah, the headbanger lures. Ryan's throwing curveballs at me all the time. We're catching monster pike on things that I wouldn't. He I bought like, off the Facebook this marketplace. Thing looks dumb. I wouldn't, but it's <laughs> yeah. they're amazing. Well, that's yeah. because I'm usually two steps behind Will, who's a step behind you and Logan, and I'm just trying to find something that I don't think will work. Yeah, in and hopes that in hopes that maybe it might work, and I could be like, told you. You know, I knew it. <laughs> one of the tricks, Gus, we use for catching crappies out here, and it sounds barbaric, is um, and it works amazing. Is actually once you catch a crappie, is actually using an eyeball out of the crappie on a small oh, yeah, tungsten we, jig, and the I, crappies yep. out here like cannibalistically go insane for an eyeball. Like I don't know oh, what yeah. it is about an eyeball, but I mean the perch eyeball, the crappie eyeball, don't matter what it is, back and forth, each species will destroy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. There, there's actually lore companies out there making lures that specifically look like an eyeball. Yeah. Weird as that is. What I bought is some that? last like year. That. Is that right? Yeah. I've never seen these yeah, before. I have, so just like I have Wilson, a whack I'm behind them in the my bucket. I need it. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Yeah, there's there's a time and a place for just about everything. And I'm not saying you're not going to be able to. I mean, I've seen fish caught on hot dogs. I mean, people are catching. There's videos Salmon online eggs. of people people catching pike on hot dogs yeah. and yeah. through the ice on tip-ups. I mean, the hot dogs just hanging in the water. It doesn't make any sense. But well, the, tungsten's a, the tungsten's a game changer in lots of aspects of the fishing industry, not just ice fishing, but yeah. the, you're yeah. talk, you were talking about this two-pound test, one-pound test braid or ice fishing line. I, I, since we've said that, I can't imagine trying to land like a 20-inch walleye or say you hook what? into something substantial. Is that two-pound test seriously going to bring that out well that comes back to the rod technology so i don't know if you guys are trout fishermen or fish for trout at all but uh, i mean a lot of guys are using center pins that are darn near 20 20 feet long with that one and two three pound test it's the rods so our rods we're now using noodle rods for ice fishing so i'm using a, a 32 inch custom lucky custom rod that i had designed for myself wow. that, that lucky customs make um that is specifically designed for light line, and there's a lot of bend in it to take that pressure out of the rod. Yeah, I see. You'd have to have that. How big is that rod? Did you say? Thirty-two 30. inches is what I typically use for ice fishing. Oh. 
Yep, 32-inch noodle rod by Lucky Custom. And, and the crazy thing yeah. is these, these custom rods are really inexpensive. I mean, if you're obviously they're a lot smaller than an open water rod. They're not mm-hmm. seven feet long. They're just a few. But uh, I, I know I Lucky Custom. They, they designed me a rod the color I wanted, um, with the the line wrap that I wanted on the eyes for seventy five dollars shipped to my door. Really? And you you can't. I mean, that's I think that's pretty pretty impressive for for a custom rod to however you want it. Yeah, yeah. I use so, a seven can, six, extra heavy. Wow. You know, open water rod when I go ice fishing, so <laughs> you can really put the you can really set you can rip the literally oh, yeah. rip the lip off. Yep. He's not falling in yeah. the hole. I tell you <laughs> I keep Stevie's ice holes open. Yes. <laughs> Throwing stuff down feel, and ripping you, it out. You feel a funk when he sets the hook and you see the fish <laughs> It's yeah. incredible to watch. <laughs> Something that I've never, something I've never done out here, Gus. It always intrigued me is these guys that fish with tip ups and hand lines. I've never had the chance to do that here. And oh, that's a blast! We have walleyes at the lake I live at. I just never got into you know yeah, trying. We should it. do that. You know, my I cut my teeth ice fishing. My uncle uh, Paul Glasgow is the one that got me involved in ice fishing, and I, I always credit to him because he he's the one that really I, I'd pester him every week if I could to, for him to take me, take me. And, that's what we did. We ran tip-ups. You know, that uh, jigging wasn't my first. Now I'm talking about when I was six years old to yeah. 12 years old, even early teens. All I did was run tip-ups, and it's, it's a blast. It's just so much fun watching that flag pop up and seeing a, you know, a six, seven-pound bass taken off with your lure. And there's just something about that that it doesn't matter what kind of fisherman you are. If you if you switch to just jigging and you see somebody else's flag pop up from a tip up, you want to run to it. I was going to say, oh, did yeah. you did you beat Uncle Paul to the tip up? <laughs> oh yeah, he, he let yeah he he let me have a lot. Still, <laughs> he still we we still run him every once in a while for crappy or right. if we're in a place like to catch bass, we'll go for we'll fish or bass too. You That's you ever cool. use artificials on a tip up, Gus? Never used artificial on a tip up. Yeah. The only thing I've ever seen people catch artificial on a tip up was with a hot dog, huh. and I, I still can't figure that out. I they don't know if that's it. artificial. I saw pike. Yeah, I saw that on YouTube. Pike, you? pike getting caught on hot dog. Yeah. I don't think by definition that's artificial. You don't? I don't know. Nah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it depends on like ballpark or store brand. It's okay, it's kosher. It's so well, it's okay. all natural is not. Yeah, I think all. I think people. Typically, just use minnows or shiners, just because yeah. they have an action and they kind of they do the action for you. Yeah. Hmm. All right, I'm going to switch gears. I can't take any more. What, what gear you want to switch? It's my into, favorite like. question. Uh oh. Oh boy. When you're on the ice, what's your favorite snacks to take with you? Oh yeah. Because sometimes I, I learn things and I want better snacks. And I, listen, my gummy worms freeze. I love this question. They get stiff. They're stiffy worms. They're stiffy worms. Once you, yeah. you got to keep them in your pocket. Well, you, you, you kind of, it's funny because I think everybody has their own thing, but I yeah. do have a thing, uh, believe it or not. Yeah, I um, knew it. Couple to, if I'm just going out for a few hours, I got to have my combos and my Marburger's iced tea. That's, I, I have to. I don't know what that um, is, Marburger's. Is that like a it, local thing? It's, it's probably, a local yeah, iced like tea. Gallagher's yeah, Correct. It's just it's pretty much the same thing. And com- just a local brand out here. What flavor combo? I was going to say don't, don't just say combo. It's got to be a combo. Cheddar's. 
It's got to be a cheddar or nacho cheese. Oh, be. man. That's nacho that cheese. Nacho cheese. <laughs> nacho cheese. It, I'm telling you, if I don't Who's have them, I don't it? catch fish. Really? Nacho cheese. I wonder, like, the cheese smell gets on your fingers. and. Oh, I guarantee it. That's, That's probably what it, what it is. Yeah. That could be. That like, could be. We're on to something. But, but, combos, but other, if you're listening. Northern Pikes love combo. Everybody <laughs> has a thing. Man. Yeah. If it's a long day and you're out there, yeah, I want the Mr. Heater Buddy Heater. The uh, grill on the front of it works perfect for hot dogs. Yeah, it's, Seriously. Yeah. Absolutely. I've I can, never can, done that. It's shocking. The one hot dog will fit perfect right on that top, or you can take the grate off and put it right on top, and you can put your hot dogs on top. I, I don't, they're not exactly designed for it. Mr. Heater makes a great product. No, I'm sorry no, if that no. insults you by all means, but they, yeah. they, 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 you can, I've cooked a lot of hot dogs on my Mr. Heater Butter Buddy Heater over the years. That's good to know. My son just got one of those for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, really? I actually huh. warm my hands on my Mr. Hot Dog. <laughs> <laughs> you should try that, too. Too much information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... Oh, my. I'm going to go hang out with Gustin from now on because my fishing yeah. buddy likes sunflower seeds. And there are sunflower... I guess you spit the shell out. They're yeah. all over the ice. They're all through my truck. Oh, they're all, every time we go fishing, I got sunflower seeds everywhere. They're the shells, at least, whatever the yeah, thing is. Yeah, probably just the shell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's, I'm yep. bagging them, buying them a bag of combos next time. <laughs> you, you ever cook egg sandwiches on the ice, Gus? <laughs> no. <laughs> on your Mr. Buddy? <laughs> yeah. Wait, no. We, we on my Mr. Egg Sandwich. <laughs> 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 you, know, you, you could wrap it in tinfoil and throw it on top yeah. of your Buddy. That would work. Yeah. We, yep. we brought a, uh, well, last year, Dave, yeah. Dave and Kyle brought a... Um, uh, you know, a small stove. propane stove. Yeah. yeah, made egg sandwiches with bacon and. I missed that. Uh, it looked good. Egg McMuffins. Yeah. Yeah. McMuffins. yeah, we didn't have a lid, so it took forever for the cheese to melt. But it was uh, it, was it was good, just so the same. Fun. Man, that warms yeah. you up. There's yeah. something about a hot, you know, having a hot meal with sitting on the ice. Gus, <laughs> yo. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what you lost you. you it was, just, he's tasting the sandwich. <laughs> yeah. You ran out the sheets. <laughs> I, I placed my order. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you ever fired up your Mr. Hot Dog? Fired <laughs> up my Mr. Hot Dog. <laughs> Have you ever had the opportunity to go out to one of these big ice fishing parties like uh, uh, like Carrie Zelka tells us about? Uh, in the, the Midwest? There. Oh, yeah. Oh, those things are huge. Some of those. There's, there's some, uh, yeah, there's some big big events out there that are getting thousands of people. Have you seen that uh, with your own eyes? I haven't, but I've got a few of our contestants that always tell us to make sure we make our schedule around those so they can get out there to them. Really? Yeah, because they say they have, she says that gets so big they have like like food shacks or whatever. Food trucks. Food trucks. Yeah. 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 Like right on the ice. Yeah. Oh, we, we, we had... Uh, I lived in North Dakota for a little bit, and like there were like live bands and on the ice. It was stupid that stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think she said they drive tractor and trailers out there. Just, oh yeah, I I oh, think man. it's called the, the I think the biggest one's called the Brainerd JC tournament. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that again. But it's they, it, they get that's in Minnesota. I, I know they give away hundreds oh. of thousands of dollars in prizes, and there's wow. probably oh, yeah. just as many people. Wow. I think we have to get a converted red rider wagon. Mm-hmm. With, like sleighs and like little uh and sell hot dogs and and combos and and just walk around one of gus's tournaments mm-hmm. can and have the little food cart well i tell you what 
we're, we're all serious and you know we're, we're serious competitors from about blast off at seven o'clock until about about 10 o'clock then then we're all kind of hey what's that guy doing over there you know what what yeah. sticking our heads sticking ever our heads in everybody's shanties like hey yeah uh, what color are you using there you know <laughs> I, i've seen you set that hook it's it's uh yeah yeah we get we get kind of bored and we're looking for snacks and food and I knew it. It's hard to stay focused sometimes, and that's all I'm saying. It's hard to focus anytime I'm hungry. I heard yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tell me about it. And you're surrounded by delicious crappy. I mean, it's like you want to eat your your, your fish that you're weighing in, but you, yeah, that's, that's not going to work. So, what is the? Um, I don't think we talked about the tournament schedule yet. So, where's the the locations and, and the dates for that this year, Gus? Sure. So. Uh, basically our first tournament was last week, um, which we had to cancel. It was supposed to be on Lake Arthur on, uh, on the 11th. Oh man. But, uh, but yeah, we, we just, it it was close. We thought we were going to have, we were going to have the ice and the ice just didn't, didn't cooperate. Now that was, that was kind of going, that was kind of pushing to have an event that early. But, uh, we, we never know. I mean, there could be, there's been years where it would have worked. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we've been on the ice. Now we were on the ice before Christmas, and if that would have stayed, we'd probably mm-hmm. still be we'd, we'd be sitting on, you know, over a foot of ice right now. Yeah. But like like I said, that that's kind of how how a cookie crumbles out here, and and we're not afraid to adjust it. So before I tell you the schedule, I'll tell you to follow our Facebook page. You know, get on and search sure. for WCA Hardwater, find it because we're constantly posting updates on the ice condition, what the ice is going to do. Because we are not afraid to move dates or lakes. So we put our schedule out. We tell people where the tentative locations are going to be. And if if for some reason something happens with the weather, there's more ice on one lake than there is on another lake. We will move it and we'll, we'll try to, you know, get it updated on our webs or website, wphardwater.com and our Facebook page as fast as possible. As soon as we know. But, um, you know, with that said, our, our, our lakes were supposed to be January 11th, Lake Arthur, the 25th coming up this next weekend on Lake Wilhelm in Sandy Lake, PA. All right. And then followed by February 8th, Mosquito Lake in Portland, Ohio. And that's going to be a crappy fest over there. Hmm. Um, we're going to do, we're then going to hop up to Erie for a two day tournament. This is where it gets kind of interesting on the 22nd and 23rd. We're going to fish, but on day one, it's going to be Presque Isle Bay in misery Bay. And then day two, it's going to be Edinburgh Lake in Edinburgh, Pennsylvania, which is just down the road. Right. So oh, it's nice. going to be a, that's going to be an interesting one. But uh, to wrap the season up in March seventh, we're going to Chautauqua Lake in New York. Oh wow! So the whole schedule is really a great schedule. We're really hoping to get at least three of those events in. Yeah. Uh, the way the weather's looking, our our tournament on the twenty fifth um, on Lake Wilhelm. We already told the contestants. We're going to have a tournament. We're not sure if it's going to be on the ice or it's going to be on the docks in the marina. So we don't really particularly care to fish off docks. We've done it in the past. It's a huge hit. We get a lot of people. Um, we we don't. Uh, we, we actually cut the entry fee from a ninety dollar entry fee for the regular season en- uh, tournaments to fifty for docks, and we don't cont- count points for the dock tournaments uh, just because it's not ice. I mean, obviously, yeah, we want to be yeah. on ice. But uh, but you're fishing no, either, either way. You're fishing either way. Either way, we're fishing. We yeah. we want to not only get our our contestants out there and uh, 
you know, really no pun intended, but break the ice. I mean, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to, uh, make our, our sponsors happy. We want to represent them. Yeah. We really want to show that we're trying our hardest to make this happen. Uh, they've invested in us. We want to make sure we invest in them. So, uh, we want to make everybody happy. So if we have to hold it on the dock, we will hold it on the dock. Um, but in all honesty, the forecast today on out, it's going to be making ice for a long time and it's not going to go anywhere for a while. So yeah. maybe next weekend, Somebody will be ice fishing somewhere. We might be on a, on the on the ice for a tournament, but uh, if not, we'll uh, we'll definitely be on the weeks after. All That'll right. be good. good. And like you said, Gus, you know one thing you guys definitely got going for you is you're constantly checking the ice right. in different lakes. You you even go so far as to send guys like John Royer out to check the ice depth, and they end up pulling up seven pound largemouth. Jeez. So uh, yeah. know, you guys really you know you give it what hey, it guess needs. Guess who drilled that hole for him? Guess who drilled that hole and took that picture? Who's that? That that would be me. <laughs> no way. Nice. <laughs> that would be me. Yep. That was on uh, Kale Lake a couple of years ago. That was a beauty. That wow. figures. <laughs> I, I won't forget that. That was probably one of the biggest bass I've seen through the ice in the last few years. That was a monster. Wow. That's cool. I've still that's never all. caught a bass through the ice. So. See, he yeah. had the combos. And that's, that's what, what it was. That's right. The that's right. There's something to that. Hey, Gus, I got a question for you, though. Yeah, what do you got? With the combos, would you would you <laughs> mind sucking them back with a little bit of coffee? Are you a coffee drinker? Oh, I'm a coffee drinker. Usually have the coffee there somewhere. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do, guys. boys. For, Good news. for hanging out with us again tonight and, and being our guest host on this uh, extra ice fishing episode that we got going on here. We're going to send you out some duck blind coffee from our good friends over at Duck Blind Coffee. Coffee. Yeah. From the oh, same I'm, name. Allow That's myself right. to introduce <laughs> myself. myself. <laughs> hey, that sounds good. I, I'm, I'm all for that. We we uh, we chug it down onto the ice. I mean, it's uh, anything to keep you warm in these cold days. Oh, nah, perfect. You're yeah, going to love yeah. this yeah. stuff. Yep. And it's, uh, they're from it. Pittsburgh, too, which is cool. Yep. Oh, we need to get up here sure. to go fishing with us. Yeah, yeah we got to yeah. get them up. Oh, yeah, Denny's great. Um, anything that you know that he would love that. Um, if uh, folks want to get their own duck blind coffee, you can go to duckblind.online. That's right, they too can migrate over to a better cup. Mm -hmm. All right, love it. Well, Gus, thanks for joining us. But before we send you off, where if people want to find more about the Western PA Hard Water Series, where can they find that information? Sure. You can find our schedule and the complete 2020 rules and regulations for our event on our website, WPAHardWater.com. But for up-to-date and complete details for all of our events, to the, uh, the ramps, the locations, um, to the current ice conditions, and to find out a little bit about our sponsors, you can go to our Facebook page, WPA Hardwater, uh, just by searching in your search bar, WPA Hardwater. Okay. Cool. Great. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime we can talk about ice fishing and uh, spread the word and uh, get introduce new people to to the uh, to the ice, uh, we we appreciate it. We love it. That's what it's so all about. Me. You are the man when it comes to the ice stuff, Gus. Appreciate it. Anytime. So, Stevie. Yes, sir. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this month's other sponsor? This month is also brought to you in part by Miser Creative LLC. 
Rutten River Pursuits Podcast is a production of Miser Creative LLC. And if you're interested in starting your own podcast or if you need help creating video content for social media, look us up. Give Will an email at will at ruttenriverpursuits.com for more information or pricing options. Mm-hmm. Them boys of Miser Creative, I'll tell you. <laughs> Good people right there. Good people. I like them too. <laughs> I'll bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, hey Ryan. Yeah, bud. When we're not drilling holes in the ice and cooking some Oscar Myers on some buddy heaters, uh-huh. where can people find us? <laughs> Catching big old pikes. <laughs> well, they can find us at RuttenRiverPursuits.com. The podcast itself, this one, and all of our back episodes, always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. iHeart says radios. We're also available on all your social media outlets like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for Rutten River Pursuits Podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about them YouTubes? Oh, yeah. Don't forget to check out them YouTubes. Rutten Search Rutten Pursuits. Pursuits Podcast. Podcast. That's it. Very cool. All right. Good on you, boys. Another great episode. Hopefully, we'll get some ice singer soon in this area. We can get out in the water. I hope. My hope. All right. Rig them weedless. Put a hot dog on it. Jig them weedless. Jig all, all contestants must either have a life jacket or a float suit on at all times. And most popular, the striker mm-hmm. ice suits that uh, you see myself wearing and most of our, our all of our staff wears and uh, probably three quarters of our contestants are wearing the striker ice suits, or some variable of another brand of a stri- of a float suit. Those are so, pretty nice the, the, suits. I just got my first striker suit, and I've been wearing them as pajamas at night. They are pretty amazing. Gus, after we we've we'll assume now we've established that the ice is safe where we're fishing. All right, and, sure. And so so we're all good on that front. If except for when you take pictures, and then you be all standing the same. <laughs> everybody, spot. Oh, yeah. everybody get close together yeah, for this photo. Don't get three big dudes standing <laughs> all in one area. Let's just say we know some people. <laughs> that was no bueno. They're yeah. big, thick pads, and the guys use yeah. them you to lay out on Lay on them or I'm familiar. Yeah. We need to get a really big one and drill holes in it so we can walk around on it and ice fish in the summertime. <laughs> in the summertime. Really? Hey, there you go. You just, you, just, you just came up with a new tournament series for us. Yeah. The not-so-hard-water tournament. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Wave Pad. The Wave Pad. Spongy yeah. water. All right. Soft-water tournament. They're not exactly designed for that. Mr. Heater makes a great product. No, I'm sorry if that insults you by all means, but they, yeah. they, 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 you can, I've cooked a lot of hot dogs on my Mr. Heater butter, buddy heater over the years. That's good to know. My son just got one of those for Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I actually huh. warm my hands on my Mr. Hot Dog. You should try that too. Too much information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>